Hey all, it's Ryan Williams here. Welcome back to Stories from the Influencer Economy. Each podcast episode, I speak with a maker, entrepreneur, or business leader about how they've launched a game-changing business with actions and lessons for everyone to learn from. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, this episode is 113 with Noah Kagan. It is a great one. We talk about depression and finding a mental coach, a mind coach, if you will, to help optimize your life to get out of any long-term funk you have. It's actually an uplifting and fun episode, so don't be dismayed by the title of it. Um, moreover, wanted to remind everyone to check out my book, The Influencer Economy, How to Launch Your Idea, Collaborate to Thrive in the New Economy. It's available on Amazon. Go to my website. I'll give you a free chapter of the book on how to find your big vision. Go to influencereconomy.com. That's influencereconomy.com. And find the book on Amazon. You're going to love it. So let's get this kick started. Welcome, Noah. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Stories from the Influencer Economy, the Rhino Lab. I'm here with Noah Kagan. Uh, Rabbi Can't Lose this is his DJ rapper name. And uh, Young Easy, what are some other names of yours? I got Mr. Mustard, uh, DJ PB. I, I try to come up with new ones. I was thinking uh, Young Water Sippa. Young Water Sippa. So he's, uh, he's based in <laughs> Austin, Texas, where he runs the company uh, AppSumo, which you can find at sumo.com, a website domain that they just acquired. Um, but they make a lot of great tools for uh, businesses. I use them specifically as I'm a client because they have good email pop-ups for acquiring my and growing my email list. So Noah, welcome. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Rhino, for having me on the show. So we, we have two websites, AppSumo.com, which is Groupon for Geeks, and then Sumo.com, which is free marketing tools for your website to get people to join your newsletter. Okay, so I use Sumo.com. Dot com. And you, uh, you also have a podcast called Noah Kagan Presents, which you recently launched, so congrats on that. Thank you. You've talked before in your life about you've been through depression periods, and I've been through depression. I've talked about it on the podcast before, specifically when I was in my early 20s, uh, in Washington, D.C., I was doing stand-up comedy, and that like, kind of helped me get out of the depression. Um, comedy did? With people not laughing at your stuff, probably? It helped me realize that, that I need to move on with my life and like get my stuff together. <laughs> and I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and she told me I yeah. wasn't funny. Like Literally, my wife's like, you're a better marketer at the comedy shows than actually performing at the comedy shows. How would you deal with that? The, the rejection? The idea that... Uh that you weren't going to be the comedian, but you were going to be the promoter of those kind of people. It was the biggest relief ever to actually realize that. Ooh, that's so interesting. Because I had the weight of the world on my shoulders that I had to be the comedian. I took improv classes, and I used to do, I used to do, uh, I was a host at the DC Improv Comedy Club to like network with like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and all these big names and watch them live, and Mitch Hedberg, who if you've ever seen is the funniest comedian ever. And I just put so much time into it that it was like a relief that I didn't have to do that anymore. You ever had that where like you focus on one thing so badly that it's kind of sucks everything out of you that you're like, oh God, I can finally just X that off my list that I don't have to do that. I think of it, uh, yes, a lot of times. And I think that's kind of come back to what we were earlier saying where you know the answer, where you maybe have known you weren't a great comedian. And that's like, there's literally not a, an answer for it. The answer is not, because sometimes it's like you got to persist and go through it and then maybe you actually could still become some type of comedian. Uh, I think of it generally as like um, an anchor becomes loose. So for example, like, have you ever, like, if you're thinking of buying something and then someone else buys it or you end up not buying it and you're like, oh, I'm so relieved. Like, I was, I was looking at buying a house years ago 
And I was like stressing about it. And I think generally what it kind of indicated or what I'm looking for is that like, don't settle. And when you know when you want something, you know. You're like, that's exactly what I want. Or I feel good. Like there's that emotional connection where you're like, oh, this feels right. Right. Uh, and so once it's gone, like with that house, I was like, oh, I'm just so much lighter. Yeah. And so I think for people uh, with depression or just in general, like one thing that I think about is that like, how would I feel if I didn't have this? Right. Like if I didn't have this house or someone else got it or I wasn't doing this, like if I didn't have it, how would it feel? And I'm like better. Like my car, I got rid of my car and I'm like, oh, so, I, I lost money. I lost fifteen thousand dollars because I just wanted it gone. And I felt I'm so happy. About but you got it. rid of your car. It just... Oh, yeah. It was at least a car, which I've never done before. And I was just like, I gotta, I don't want it. It's just like, it's weighing me down. You don't have so a car anymore? It. No, I don't. Okay. And I'm and not like some hipster like thing about that. I just hated the car. Like, and it's, it was a nice car too, but from the point was for me, what kind of like car having was a nicer, it? it was like this brand new Jag convertible oh, F type. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good. Um, I'm not apologizing about it. We already talked about no apologies. Yeah. What I realized, though, I just don't value that. I want to get a, like a 1995 Miata because that excites me. So the point I think coming back to is just like letting go of weight, letting go of the things that you don't really want, and then invest in focusing even more on the things you really, really, that really matter to you. Well, when you go through the depression and now you as a leader of a company, does that affect how you manage situations with people, especially with people going through like volatile situations where they're angry or frustrated or depressed? I, I think we should clarify. I, I do notice that a lot of people call like a bad day depression. And there's a big difference. Depression yeah. or they're like, man, I'm OCD. I'm like, you're not OCD. You just like things clean. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, that's not OCD. That's my mom is OCD. Like she can't be happy unless there's like everything spotless. She's and she's, she, she wash her hands a lot. She, I mean, she washes everything a lot and she like, she washes everything everywhere. And that, and, so that's OCD. So depression to me is like long term like bouts consistent like i'm unhappy about things and i felt that for many years and i you know this is weird i haven't really felt sad in like two months and especially running a business you're gonna have these days where you make a lot of money and then you have days where you make no money and you just go through a roller coaster uh one technique that i came up with that seems to actually work for depression um i have a few of them but one of them that i thought was really interesting is that i don't think when we're going through good and bad days we recognize the good days right you're just like, oh, every day sucks. But you're like, actually, most days are pretty good. So what you do is you take a calendar. So I'm just going to hold a piece of paper. So you take a calendar, and then you just do a happy face, a neutral face, or a sad face. And do it for 30 days. Oh, and you do it at the, at the end of a day. And at the end of every day, you just make a happy face, or a sad face, or a neutral face. And at the end of the month, you'll probably be like, oh, there's actually a lot more happy days than I thought. Uh, and so what I do... That's a very cognitive. And I, yeah, like and it's because co you just... Cognitive therapy is all about, like, you got to totally. just write everything you've done... It's almost like when you're in sales, you need to like write all your leads down. And even if you've got like 100 leads and you've got zero sales, it still makes you feel accomplished that you have 100 people that you reached out to. Totally. You got to see. I mean, I think when you see that, number one, you feel happier. Another technique that I've used, um, and I'm going to go into, because I think there's techniques that help surface. And then there's like root level things about, damn, you're fucked up. Yeah. Uh, some other techniques and root things. So technique is called Gebby. Uh, Gabby is something I came up with my buddy Adam. It's called it's gratitude exercise breakfast and you. I don't know if you've heard me talk about this. No. Uh, but grat basically every morning I'd wake up for 2012. I pretty much felt like shit every day, um, and so and it sucks, dude. You wake up and you're just like, why do? What's the point? I, I remember I was like, why even be alive today? But you're still and running a company and you had employees and oh yeah, and you have to like fake it. But people can read. I don't. Maybe it's just me and I'm like that obvious. But people can see through it if you're not feeling well, if you're not acting well. 
uh, someone said, it, I don't know, keep it out of the office. <laughs> you keep it out of the office if you're not in that good mood, uh, which well, I mean, like, is debatable. Cause, but kind of if you're the CEO, your feelings permeate. Like I've had some bipolar CEOs that literally were screaming with happiness the one day and screaming, at, yelling at everyone the next. And that trickles down to the mood of everyone. Yeah, man. I, I generally think if you're the CEO and I don't generally call myself, a, I don't call myself a CEO, um, but keep it out of the office. Like if you're yeah. not feeling great, like stay out of the office. So the Gebby thing for me worked, which like every morning I'd email my friend Adam. And so everyone needs an accountability buddy. And basically your accountability buddy is the person who's always cheerful and always like supportive in a good way. Like, do you have a friend like that? Yeah, definitely. Who's, who's your friend? My wife. She's just always like strong. She's like rock. Right? Yeah, I was depressed and I met her and then she like was like, don't do comedy anymore. And then boom, all these other great things happened. Damn. Um, yeah, so Adam, I email what I'm grateful for. So like, and every day you'd have to be grateful for something. So I'd email, like my favorite one was hot water. I just was always like, this is so cool. You know, you, you like hit this button and That's then amazing. like hot water comes out. It's so cool. Uh, exercise, so do some movement, a walk, exercise, whatever. Breakfast, I love breakfast, so I was like, what am I going to have for breakfast today? It was exciting. And you then you... amazing internet on the airplane. Dude! Huge. Louis C.K. does a great bit about that, where he's like, he, he's like, I can't believe people get so mad that their internet doesn't work on the airplane. Literally, we are 20,000 feet in the air, and I am on my phone. I'm, on, I, I'm talking and texting to my wife. Anyway, but yeah. So these little moments <sighs> of gratitude. Totally, man. And then the last one is you, so it's like, what's the one thing you're going to do for yourself a day? And I'll tell you, man, I did that, and like, no matter what, even if you're in a bad mood, like, that kind of shit cheered me up. So that really helped me get through it. Uh, a few other things, like, I go to therapy. I still go every two weeks. Yeah, I go to therapy. Um, do you go as well? Yeah. Is it is it required in LA? That's what I heard. For everyone that lives like here, yes. Yeah, it's like a city law. Yeah, except for millennials, because they they're just beyond fixing. Um, <laughs> no, so therapy. I always recommend people they go and they find a professional. Like it could be a life coach, it could be a career counselor, it could be a therapist, but yeah, getting a professional outside perspective is totally helpful. You know, it's funny. I, I think the word therapy just is a bad word. Like I call my guy a mind coach Uh huh. and it just sounds so much better. Like, <laughs> dude, go to a mind coach? Yeah, yeah, Because think about it. It's a specialist. We, he is a specialist in listening because like you can't see yourself without a mirror. So how can you see your mind without uh, like a mind mirror? So I just, you know, kind of a mind coach and it just really helps me think about things like you know, I had this phase this year or last year, excuse me, I was settling for things. And he's like, dude, it's not like you keep settling for shit. You should stop settling and make it, stop making that a habit. So a uh, therapist really helped me go deeper on certain things. But how do you then let the, so like right now we're talking about this freely and opening openly and you're yeah. letting your guard down. And obviously people at your company can listen to this. That is weird. You know, but like uh, that's the kind of management or leadership or whatever you want to call it. You style you have. Why does that work for you versus ever most other people that would, not feel comfortable talking about this type of like real shit that they're going through. Yeah. Let me think about that. I am concerned at times about how it influences the people at the company, but at the end of the day, I'd rather have them have some relationship to me and, and I'd rather be straight up with them uh, about like what I'm going through or what, how I'm feeling. Like I wouldn't bring like the therapy sessions back to the office and like do a di uh, diagnostic or whatever you want to call it. Like oh, a debrief, excuse me. Uh, but generally, yeah, I want to feel, I want them to feel comfortable. And I've noticed that like kind of in the, the whole, it, it makes sense. But the more that I've been open, the more that other people feel easier to be open with me, which you're like, Oh yeah, obviously Noah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's anything I don't, I don't really feel that uncomfortable sharing. And is that so, like, but then how, so how do you separate it then for your, your business side? So you're chief sumo, right? You're not the CEO. Yeah. So that's yeah. obviously a cultural identifier you've made. That's like obviously a, 
you've made the effort to not be this overarching lord of the company. Um, so what, how would you describe like your style? Is it just like get things done and we'll all be happy? What's my style? I think there's a few things about my style. I think I have high standards, which I don't even think they're that high. But when other people tell me they're high, I'm like, I don't know. That's just my standard. Uh, so I think it's good to have high standards. I think if you don't know what your high standard is, go work for someone that has high standards. It'll help improve your standards. Like working for Zuckerberg or working at Mint. Like I, I raised my standards. Number two, have clear goals. So if you're trying to lead people, have like, yo, here's, it's like you, you got to tell them where the fuck you're going, right? And you got to tell them why you're going there. And then for the most part, the, the phrase I always like to say is like, we hire adults and then we leave them alone. Uh, so I, I really like that. And, and recently I met the, the founder of the restaurant Alinea, which is one of my favorite restaurants in the world. I highly recommend everyone going. And what he said, I thought was so powerful. And this is something that I've been really strong about is if you ever meet an, an A player, or if you ever meet someone who is like, holy fuck, amazing, do what it ever takes to associate with that person or work with that person. And that's how we actually started the restaurant. And so that, that really left an impression with me, uh, where now, like when I'm doing my podcast, like I'm recruiting a dream team. Uh, of people to help me build out my content and build out the product. And the same with Sumo. Like, we've built a dream team of people that I'm like, these are really fucking impressive people. Uh, and I think when you've worked with someone like that, you know. You ever work with someone and you're just like, holy shit, you're like, you got it done, I didn't have to ask you twice? Right, like they raise their game without you even ex- having to tell them to. Totally. I mean, and people want, uh, everyone knows about autonomy, uh, but to actually have autonomy towards a purpose is very powerful. So is that one of the right? more like requisite uh, traits of people that you hire would be autonomous uh, work and being able to manage themselves more? I'm trying to think of a specific person. So I'll take Bar. He's Jewish like me too. So we don't hire only Jews. We're, we welcome all what's ethnicities. His, what's his DJ name? Is he a, is he a What is DJ? Oh, I don't know. I got to ask Trey him. Trey Bar. Like Trey Bar could work. Trey Bar. Okay, that's good. Uh, bar class. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the th- in, bar in terms fly. Of, ooh, no, he's not a bar fly though. Uh. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the elements of him, I'd say like what, what makes someone successful that I've worked with or in terms of the attributes of successful people, uh, great attitude. So I worked at Facebook and I think everyone's kind of a dick there. Most people are like very arrogant. And I'm like, dude, you didn't create it. You're just like one of 10,000. Like, don't be so cocky. I just don't like arrogant people. I like confident people, not arrogant. Uh, two, just positive attitude. I think working with positive people just makes an environment fun to be at. Um, third is persistence. He's on sales, but someone who's persistent uh, fourth is follow up. I love I well love or hate. I hate people who don't follow up. I love people who follow up. And five, I think it's, we call it up leveling. So you want to surround yourself with people who up level your you and the business. And when they're around you, you know. If you have to ask if they're up leveling you, they're not. So up leveling means just like they're raising their game to raise your game in return, like with. They bringing them raises your game and the company game. And so you're not going to necessarily have that for every single role. Sometimes you just need someone to like hit, you know, some monkeys, not at our company, but some monkeys to just hit the buttons. Uh, But generally when you start working with higher quality people and everyone thinks they're high quality until you meet high quality. Uh, I I was just thinking about like, I don't know if people look in the mirror and think that they're good looking, but I think everyone thinks they're probably good looking. Um, they're it's shocked the same to find that other people don't find them good looking. <laughs> yeah. Why is everyone swiping left? I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm yeah, all when alone you start... again on Tinder. Oh God. Uh, dude, I'm all about J swipe or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but the point being is that once you actually work with higher quality people, you don't ask, you can, it's obvious. Like when he came in, he was the first guy on our sales team that Anton was running and it was just like, holy shit, why didn't we do this sooner? And how do, and then it actually sets like Eric for development. We hired Eric and then we fired our previous developer because Eric just set the bar so high. And so then are you there like five days a week? Do you travel much or are you pretty much like in the office? 
I'll tell you about depression again, going back to that, <laughs> going back to depression. Let's make this Depre really sad for everyone. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not sad. I'm just I think, kidding. Um, I think with depression and things like that, it's generally because you're not, like, things aren't going the way you want them to go. And then it's like, well, what do I need to change to have it be that way so that I can feel better? And, and it's like this. It's like my morning routine, right? So my morning routine, it's the same as your life routine. Like, you got to keep iterating on it and working to be like, all right, well, what would make things better? What worked in the past? What things can I take out? What things can I add? Uh, so for me, with the company in the past 18 months, I go to the office five days a week, and I fucking hate going to an office. I have no problem saying that. I think an office is kind of like it's the modern jail cell. And so I don't really want to go it, I don't really want to go to a job and check in at a company. Uh, but what I do want is like I want to work from home because I find myself more productive, it's quieter, I get more shit done and I feel better being here. And I love the people I work with. I don't like oh, I like them. I love them. They're all amazing people. Uh, and so what I really want is I want to work from home most of the week, go to the office sometimes, and then I want to work remotely because I find that when I work in new environments, I just get fucking like excited and I get new ideas and so I think for everyone out there you have to figure out like what is your flow zone or your productivity zone so I found that like 5 to 9 a.m. is my productivity zone mm -hmm. so far and so I'm like or not so far for now so I like maximize 5 to 5 a.m. I get up at 5 a.m. every day and I challenge anyone out there to do it uh, you can text me if you wake up 510-866-NOAH text me at 5 a.m. I'll be up not on weekends <laughs> don't fucking text me on weekends especially <laughs> international people uh, but I'm up at 5 a.m. central time by yourself myself i just unless you know a girl's staying over uh or it's a slumber party with my boys i don't know and <laughs> jr's in the house jr dude i love that guy uh yeah and so in terms of coming back to the company yeah so i do my productivity zone so i think the point being in business and in life you have to recognize the things that give you energy and where you're really in your sweet spots either in the things that you've done in your sweet spots so my sweet spot is like during these time periods and then the things i want to work on that are my sweet spot it's not recruiting and this is what's crazy about a company man the things that you hate, there are someone else out there who loves. And that is unbelievable. And you've got to find that person who loves it and find the best person who loves it and then leave them the fuck alone. Give them the goal, give them some coaching if they want it and support and then leave them the fuck alone. Let them do their thing. So like Troy on webinars, we just hired him. The guy loves doing webinars. I'm like, you want to do this? He's like, dude, I love it. Samantha on recruiting. I'm like, you want to talk to these fucking people every day? She's like, oh yeah, the power. I've got all this power. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> You know, so Jamie on some. Yeah. What do they believe in? Like, what do you think you be they believe in? Is it the company? It's the product? Is it the the team? Uh, like, uh, what is it? Question. You're. What are you selling them that they're like? Yeah, I want to run with like recruiting people. You know, I actually that's a, if I had to be straight up about it, I think they like the roles maybe more than the company. So I think they like the company perks. I think they like their coworkers. I generally ca I call it the four P's of what you want in a job, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I would say for Samantha, she wants to be an amazing recruiter. And we've given her a place that makes it easy and able for her to be a successful recruiter. And I think the same with Troy. He wants to be a great webinar, and we have talented people, and it gives him the place to do that. Um, and so I think really, number one, it's the role, because everyone is selfish, as we talked about. So when, I, when we interview people, I'm like, tell me your dream job, your dream position. They're like, I want to be doing this. And if that aligns with us, if that actually is like, you know, I don't know if this video is going to go out, but if it aligns, then that's a great hire. If it doesn't align, like they're like, like someone for marketing, we're looking for a junior marketer. And uh, they're like, yeah, in a few years, I want to be like leading a team, but I don't know if it'll be in sales or what. I'm like, oh, you clearly don't want to keep growing in marketing. So you're not a good fit. Versus someone who's like, oh, I want to be a marketer. I want to be a pro marketer. And this is my gateway to get there. Right. So I found that really helpful. The, the four piece thing, I think, 
everyone running a company sucks, by the way. I don't know for anyone who wants to start a business. It's fucking horrible. Go get a job. Getting a job is way cooler. It's, it's easier. It's way People easier. People tell you what to do. Which it's actually nice. Like sometimes it's refreshing, it right? You're like stupid. Yeah, you hate your yeah. boss, but you're still like, okay, at least I know what to do. Well, my boss is a dick, dude. I hate that Noah guy. <laughs> um, no, but sometimes it's nice. I think about being a dog. I'm like, you know, a dog's life is so cool, right? Like everything is just planned. And like, yes, you don't have options, but you don't know there's options. Right. So you don't know that it's not, can't, sometimes options are bad. Um, getting off track, but coming I back agree. to the uh, company thing, I think the four P's is like starting a company sucks. And what everyone wants, whether you're in a company, whether you're running a company, or whether you're whatever else you are, I don't know, third part, unemployed. Uh, the four P's basically, it's like you want to work on something, a product, right? Right? You want to work with people, right? Right? You want to work with purpose. And I don't know what the fourth one. Do you price. have a lot of acronyms? This is amazing. Like, if you, is this what you do with like how to explain things more easily to people? Is having the acronyms? I think acronyms and stories are the best way for people to actually remember. I'm things. undervaluing acronyms in my life. I need more. Like, this is helping me to realize that like I'm leveling up my acronym game because I don't purpose use them yeah. as much. Oh, people product. Yeah, purpose people. I was trying to think of it. It's purpose people product. Three P's, not four. So that's what everyone wants in a job. Everyone wants. Oh, and paid. There's the fourth hey. one. Well, I hate when people have. You know what's bullshit to me? Wait, when pur people have pur purpose, people, product, product, and pay. Paid. So what that means is that in, if you run a company, I want to have purpose. So I love helping small businesses. I just like doing that, right? I want a product that I love, right? Uh, I want to work around amazing people, and I want to get fucking paid. And this is true whether I work at a company or I run a, whether I run a company. And I think people just assume that when you run a company, it's all better. But frankly, if I could get those four P's working for someone else now, I would. But Sumo, for me, offers me that. Uh, that's great stuff, Noah. Thanks for coming on. I'm going to ask you to pause right here because we're going to end this segment on depression because it was super insightful. And we're going to have you back on for another episode very soon. So I'll let you go. Thank you so much, Noah, for joining the podcast. Check out his podcast, Noah Kagan Presents, on iTunes. And his website is sumo.com. See you soon. Smooches. Later. Thanks, bro. That was Noah Kagan, one of the rock stars out there in the business online community world that I'm a part of. And you all are as well. I want to thank you for joining the show. Go to influencereconomy.com for all the archives. People like Seth Godin, who's a prolific author. Investors like Brad Feld. YouTubers like Francesca Ramsey. We have over 112 free episodes there. And make sure you, if you're listening on iTunes, please hit the subscribe button and leave an iTunes review. It really helps. And finally, my website has a free ebook around how to launch your brand, collaborate with influencers to thrive in the new economy with 99 steps to grow your business influence at Influencer Economy. I heart you all for supporting me. Thanks for the love. Talk to you soon. Ryan Williams here.